And welcome everybody to AATB dra Draft Talk. I'm, you know, joined always by my co-host Tom Barnett, and we are powered by Last Out Media, the Athletes Hub, and Heat Ratio Sports. I uh, want to throw a thank you to all of them for help us helping support uh, AAT Birds and uh, everything we do here. Uh, how how you doing, Tom? It's Senior Bowl week, so we got some. You know, great practices, some great film, some, you know, with the combine not being, you know, what it what it usually is. This is, you know, really great to see and see these live practices and these players and the prospects. How how you liking it so far? Yeah, I think this year the senior bowl is more important than ever without that combine, like you were saying. Uh it gives uh coaches, scouts, uh another opportunity just to get in and talk to these players, uh, kind of see what they're able to do on one on ones, uh, check out some of the smaller school guys against better competition. Yeah, and you're seeing a lot of you know eyes to now uh, to some of these players who you know a lot of players you're not seeing of, and some of it is because of the COVID and not having as many games, and you have to go to you know tape from previous years. Some players who opted out who are playing in the Senior Bowl to you know let scouts see them. Um, we have three names, uh, well, two different videos with three players basically to take focus on. Um, the first video is the tackle from uh, Eastern Car East Carolina, uh, Dante Smith, then Quinn Miners and David Moore in that video, uh, all offensive linemen. Uh, then the second video, we have a couple skill position players and a defensive lineman, Demetric Felton, Dwayne Eskridge, and Cam Sample. So uh, we're going to, you know, dig into that and uh, let you know what we see. Uh, how you doing, Jason? Um so Jason's ready for the mock draft. He was messaging me earlier asking if we were going to do that. So we have that second half of the show. First half going to break down. Talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl with it coming up. Um, and he wants more of your dog, Tom. But uh, She ditched me. She left the room already. Yeah, well, you bore her, I guess. But uh, <laughs> So I'm going, to bring up the, I'm going to bring up the video. We're going to uh, add it to the stream here. And... You want to start playing it. Uh, it's going to jump. It's going to be the uh, Dante Smith, um, a couple reps with him. Um, you know, he's a big six foot five, 294. Um, he started 29 games at left tackle, one game at left guard. He's more, I think he's, for me, he looks more comfortable on the left side than he does the right side. Um, but, you know, he's going up against top competition from bigger schools that he didn't see playing at East Carolina. He saw some, you know, really talented players, but going up against guys like Quincy Roche and like that, you know, 35 inch arms, uh, super long wingspan as well. So he's really, um, you know, a player to, to watch and boosted his stock a little bit. Uh, the next guy, you can uh, talk a little bit about him. Quinn Miners has had himself a great week. Uh, offensive guard. He's been lining up a little bit at center even uh, this week at the senior bowl. But he broke his hand actually on Thursday, and he's still trying to play in the game on Saturday, which just shows how how tough that he actually is, especially against a guy like Patrick Jones we just saw who had nine sacks this season, eight and a half last year. Uh, he's really an underrated guy to keep an eye on played in uh, playing for a D3 school uh, right here. Yeah, uh, and here's – you know, Dave, this is the one rep I absolutely love. Uh, Carlos Basham Jr. of Wake Forest, one of the top defensive line prospects. And – just a stout interior defender from Grambling State. And, you know, he just – just what he can do, just, you know, play the interior positions, both guard positions. But he's going up against top guys, Marvin Wilson and, you know, 
you know, Florida State defensive tackle who was, you know, regarded as one of the top interior, you know, defensive linemen. So, you know, the, the talent he's going up against and from the school, you see these low, lower level guys, the Quinn Miners, and then you also have, you know, a guy like David Moore from Grambling, even a guy like Dante Smith from East Carolina. So, you know, those players, seeing them go up against these bigger competition, you know, one-on-one, you're seeing it with your eyes. Um, abs- is absolutely, you know, great to see. But what do you see on, like, David Moore, like watching him against, you know, you know, those reps against top guys? How do you take away with that? Yeah, I thought he looked impressive, especially against Basham. Uh, Basham's a guy I'm really high on. I thought he was a monster last season. He kind of dipped a little bit this year, but it's really more because guys were just double-teaming him. I mean, last year he had 60 pressures, 11 sacks. He's a big guy too, 6'5", 285. So for him to handle a guy like that, I mean, you can't always put too much stock into just one-on-ones, but it kind of catches your eye and says, all right, I got to watch a little more film on this guy. if He's able to hold up against that, these guys like this. Exactly. And it, and that's one thing, you know, when we're watching this, yeah, they're doing one-on-ones. The same thing when we get into the next video uh, with the receiver defensive backs, you're not too much looking at you. Now you are looking at what they do, but the other thing you're looking at, you're looking at their foot placement, you're looking at their footwork, their hips, how they turn, how they run routes, like with these linemen, how they set their feet, how they come out of their breaks, the defensive linemen, how they attack the offensive linemen. There's a whole bunch of different things you look at. You don't just solely look at, he beat him. Oh, he stinks. You, you look at, you know, everything into it, where they can fit, how they look on that side, to how, they, how they look on the right side, to how they look on the left side. So there's a lot that we look into when you, you know, break down the tape and look at certain things when you're doing one-on-ones because you're not placing everything on strictly one-on-ones. But if you're seeing, like you, like you stated, if you're seeing something that catches your eye in a one-on-one, you go back and you look more at the film and, you know, take notice on certain tendencies or certain things that they do and that could translate to the NFL level. Yeah, that's how I've always looked at bowl games, um, even the combine uh, typically. That, that's just something basically to catch your eye. The film is basically the main meal. This is kind of like an appetizer or a snack. It kind of gets you in the mood for the main meal, but it's not, not the real thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, bringing the, the next video up. So we have uh, um, the uh, Demetric Felton, Dwayne Eskridge, and Cam Sample. Um, I'll let you lead it off with the Felton tape because I know there's a lot of uh, you know, chatter um, about Felton going around. Yeah, Felton's a guy that I've been pretty impressed with. Uh, he he played this season mostly as a running back, but uh, previous experience as a wide receiver. So he he's the kind of guy where he kind of fits like that Austin Eckler role, where he's a running back slash receiver. Um, he has the same size of as Eckler, Eckler also at 5'8", 189, uh, rushed for 668 yards, 132 attempts this season. Uh, I think guys like this are going to kind of be the next wave in the NFL with uh, the success we saw this year from Antonio Gibson also. Yeah, and, you know, the, the one thing I see, like, with his reps, you know, from the senior bowl, there was a guy a couple years ago from the senior bowl that really, sh- you know, sh- sh- shined was Terry McLaurin. But we can get into yeah. that. You want to go over Eskridge a little bit here. Eskridge is another guy. I've been high on him for a while if you've uh, been following our show. But he had a, he had a fantastic week. Um, he didn't practice a lot the last day. Uh just because he's kind of made that much of an impact. But he went. he's a guy who went from being undrafted to Todd McShay is saying he might even be a first-rounder at this point. And, you know, coming up with the next guy, you know, Cam Sample here against a guy like Trey Smith who's been dominating. Um, it's just, 
the one thing I noticed with him is his constant the motor, but his aggressive hands and how he uses his hands. Um, and, you know, going up against, you know, that's David Moore who was having a good, uh, a good practice. And but just what he did and his quickness off of the snap. And he's not the biggest guy, you know, almost 6'3", 274. Um, you know, plays a little inside, maybe a little bit outside, depending on what kind of scheme, what kind of defense you run. But though his hand placement and how he uses his hands and his constant, the motor, and you can see that, you know, playing for Tulane, 20 and a half tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks. He, to me, he just, he screams that he can fit in any system, but basically what it is, is you, you can't say he's going to need to be this certain player. He's going to fit. You're going to need to mold him into kind of what he does best. So for me, if it's on a pass rush situation, placing him inside on the guard or on the center, you know, something like that can benefit him. But my my point I was bringing on Felton when it start is almost like how Terry McLaurin had a great week at the Senior Bowl. Now he played for Ohio State, so he played for a big program. But Felton kind of gives me those type of vibes where the way he runs the routes and what he does. But the Austin Eckler comparison um, was a great one that you had there. Um, but what you, what, what, what's your thoughts on uh, – we'll go to Felton. Um, what's your thoughts on Cam Sample, the last uh, you know uh, clip that we saw? I wanted to say one more thing about Felton. I, I saw a tweet go out about the fastest wide receivers uh, that were timed. Felton was actually third behind um, Frank wow. Darby and Katarius Tony. I, Darby was number one, which kind of caught me off guard. So you, you say that with Darby, and that's funny because last year, uh, watching, I think it was Arizona State, Oregon, and everyone was talking Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon Ayuk. But the fun, funny thing was, this guy, Frank Darby was the one making the plays. And I'm like, wow, who is this? Like, he's making some great plays. And he's was, you know, an okay receiver. But like, so I looked like looking about, Oh, he's going to, he has another year. Oh, and unfortunately with COVID and everything, it didn't get to show really what he could do. But for me, like Brandon, Ayuk for me last year really came on the scene late, you know, his combine helped him. The pro, you know, pro like his started to rise and he wound up getting late in the first round of San Francisco. I think Darby could have that kind of a rise. I'm not saying he's going to be in the first round, but he's going to rise up boards. Then a lot of people had him in the, you know, maybe in the late third, in the fourth round, maybe fifth round range. But like I, like I've stated when we started the show, I think this wide receiver class could be just as good as it was this past year. And that's saying something because the one that came out this year, the pretty stacked and pretty really um, impressive class. Yeah, I agree with you there. There's basically in every round, I mean, there there's talent all the way probably through the sixth. Yeah. And, you know, another guy like with Felton, you know, he has some great reps, but going up a guy, you know, up like a guy, Thomas Graham from Oregon, who's another guy that, you know, impressed, had a couple of decent reps uh, against Esker, uh, Felton. And, but like my, my thing with it is, the one-on-ones and what you're seeing, and I know um, a couple of the ones that we didn't get on film um, or get you know tape on. Uh, one guy that uh, Chris, the last episode, um, talked about was DJ Daniel, and he talked about him and you know how he shut down Chase everything. Well, he talked to talk when he talked to Chris, and he surely walked to walk this this week because he was looking very good, locked down getting his hands on the receivers and very impressive. I may add. 
Yeah, he looked good all week, too. And even the measurables came back good. Uh, 81-inch wingspan, best among any corners at the Senior Bowl. So that, that's another thing he has going for him. He's, he's a big guy. Yeah, and especially almost six foot, but 81-inch wingspan. So yeah. that's huge for a cornerback. And for me, it's I, – I look at it this way because looking at the um, – like the cornerback class and the way I think Jonathan Gannon is going to run the defense for the Eagles. If I want to kind of, you know, spin it a little bit uh, towards Philadelphia here. Uh, what did Indianapolis do? But they went after longer corners, bigger corners, and there's a lot of that in this draft. So the Eagles can get a couple of those players that fit the scheme that, you know, supposedly they want to run, uh, which I'm all for and okay with. Um, there's another, Another guy that um, I like, and I mean, he's not a high, he's not a super highly rated guy, but from Minnesota, Benjamin St. Justy. I think he's another guy, you know, 6'2, 6'3 range around there, um, you know, long arms, something like that. And um, those kind of corners I like to um, see, like a, a guy you can get in the later rounds or something like that. But what do you think of? Like we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the cornerback and the safety positions this week because there's been a lot of surprising and some big names. Yeah, uh, for for uh, corners and safeties, uh, if we're going to talk safeties now, uh, I'm a big fan of Richie Grant. Yeah, I was going to say I was, I was waiting yeah. for you to bring him up because I know he, you know, he really uh, um, impressed you because I know you posted something about him and he's been pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys where I. I thought he was pretty good, like heading into this. This made me take a second look. He's he's probably like top three corners at this point. I'm not not corner top three uh, safety at this point. Kind of a weaker safety class, though. Yeah, and you know, so some of the safeties that are that are here are more the the mold of I don't want to say extra linebacker, but a you know more down in the box. There's a couple of those guys. Um, Diablo from Virginia Tech. He's a bigger guy. I think he's like 6'3", 213 he weighed in at. Um, but, he, I, you know, watching some of his uh, tape, he did struggle a little bit, you know, out on the island with covering. But um, for me, like seeing his size and everything and, you know, a player like him and even, a, um, you know, a, a player like Richie Grant who's, you know, if, if you watch him, if you watched him play um, on his game tape, He's all over the field, and um, he's a guy that I think raises stock a little bit. Uh, is there any other defensive backs that you like that you thought raised their stocks, or um, if, if if somebody that that you saw that maybe kind of disappointed you a little bit that you thought was going to be a little bit better? Uh, well, he kind of disappointed me the first day. Hamza Nasirel, Hamza Nasirelden. I'm not going to pronounce that one again, but uh, I was going to bring safety him out of. Safety out of Florida State. Uh, he looked a little rough the first day, but he he's coming off an injury, so I think he was just a little bit rusty. But uh, since the, after the first day, he started to shine a little bit. Yeah, and um, Donald has a question here: Who improved their draft stock the most this week? Uh, you love seeing the the videos. I tried posting some highlights, um, you know, one on ones of some some players that we showed, uh, you know, undervalued players to kind of get your eye on some. Players not not highly talked about, um, but who who do you say you know improve their best their mo- improve their draft stock the most? Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I'd go with uh, Quinn Miners, uh, just because he's honestly D three guy, probably looking at seventh round undrafted. Now they're talking about him as one of the top interior offensive linemen, so I'd go him on the offense. 
with just a great week. Uh, what about you on defense? So on, on, on the offense, I'll touch I, the Quinn yeah. Miners definitely. Um, I think a guy that you know solidified his stock as one of the best interior players is Trey Smith from Tennessee. Um, I know there's a lot of Deontay Brown love, um, you know, bigger guy and, um, you know, you know, big interior offensive lineman. But talk about the defensive side of the ball. DJ Daniel, I know we talked about him, but unbelievable, um, you know, the, the week of practice he had and just showing, you know, what he can do. And unfortunately, he got hurt. So, but he's super, you know, rising up. He was supposed to be like a later round draft pick. And, you know, he's rising up boards and um, definitely a player to watch. Definitely a player I'd, I would absolutely love to see um, the Eagles take. Uh, but another another player I know, um, what do you think of Nico Collins from Michigan? I know uh, A2D Tville is bringing him. I know it's a player that he really liked, um, you know, out of Michigan. Unfortunately, Michigan had quarterback issues all year long and even in previous years. So it's, and that's one thing we've mentioned too about the quarterback position. And when you're a receiver, it's not only about how many catches or what your stats look like, because it all depends on your quarterback play as well. I think he's had a really good week. Um, the only thing with him, I think he's kind of going to get lost a little bit in just a steep wide receiver class. So he's, he might not go as early, but he's going to be a steal there. And Jason check it, Jason check it in. Michigan sucks. Jason is a Michigan State fan. Um, I don't know if there's any Michigan State players in the Senior Bowl. Um, maybe that's because Michigan State isn't very good. Um, I know Jason may agree with me on that, uh, but just want to throw that out to him that yeah, Michigan may suck, but player uh, in the Senior Bowl, and I don't know if Michigan State does. So. Uh, I just threw that out there. Yeah. Um, But another player that, um, yeah, well, Jason's checking in here, Michigan State also. So he's he's agreeing there. But, you know, we'll give him that. Was there anybody else you want to throw out? Any other names that you want to, you know, touch on? uh, Who you're excited to watch during the game? Um, Anything like that? Names names we haven't mentioned yet, I guess you could say. Yeah, as I said, we touched on a lot of my guys so far. Um, another guy I kind of want to mention, Jabril Cox out of LSU, yeah. uh, linebacker. He he was one of those guys that was kind of up there, seen as like a top three linebacker heading into the season. He's kind of fallen off a little bit because he he transferred from North Dakota State to LSU once there was going to be a season. So making that jump from playing in the FCS to going to the SEC – that's a lot to ask out of someone, but he he stepped it up towards the end of last season. He has a lot of speed to him. He's he's that new age linebacker everyone's looking for. So I think he's someone to keep an eye on. He had he's had a nice week so far. So I'm um, I have a question for you. I'll All ask right. I'll ask you that. But first, we have most underrated quarterback in the draft. Before we came on, I told you I was going to talk about uh, a certain player. You know, perfect. Um, I'd say great minds think alike. Peanuts setting you up. But, you know, I'm not sure if Peanuts really a great mind, but that's that's another debatable topic that we could we could uh we could do another show. But what I'm gonna say is most underrated quarterback, in my opinion, a player that I absolutely love and I like his mold and makeup. He opted out last year. Um, I've talked to Jason already about it. Um, because I you know talk back and forth with him. Jamie Newman 
of Wake Forest. He transferred to Georgia. He sat out last year, but uh, he played last two years, 2018-2019 at Wake Forest. Um, and one of his receivers was Sage Sherratt, who's uh, also in this uh, draft, a uh, really good receiver, but actually at the Senior Bowl as well. But J- Jamie Newman, 6'2", almost 6'3", 235, big, solid quarterback, uh, can run, has a super strong arm. I would probably say Kellen Mond's arm was a little bit stronger possibly um, than him, but he's one of the strongest arms in the draft. And for me, I mentioned that, you know, I, this may be something that, I, that I, I come back on and it's a bad take and I'll, I'll, I'll eat crow for it. Um, I'll take it hundred percent, but I'm going to say for right now, maybe in three to four years, Jamie Newman may be one of the best quarterbacks out of this draft. Now I, I say that just because of his makeup, what he can do. I just see a lot, um, a very good traits in him. Um, I don't want to compare. I hate comparing players because they're their own players, their own themselves. But like for me, Jamie Newman, I, I said the same thing when Dak Prescott was coming out. I'm not saying those two are the same players, but um, they're not really, you know, comparable in terms of arm strength stuff. But when, when Dak Prescott was coming out, I always thought, you know, I liked, I liked his, like his makeup. I liked all that. Um, but I, I never envisioned he'd be, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Uh, but I thought he was a good value. I wanted the Eagles to take him in 2016 because I didn't think they were going to go after a quarterback. I thought Sam Bradford was going to be the quarterback. And then they would draft the quarterback in the third, fourth round and then maybe try and develop somebody. But, um, and, you know, for me, that's, I'm going to go with Jamie Newman. I just have a good feeling uh, watching him, seeing what he can do, uh, his arm strength. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jamie Newman? I'll get you and you know, throw it at you. Oh, I mean, there's still always a chance that Eagles draft a quarterback in the third or fourth this year. I mean, you are the quarterback factory. I'll take Jamie Newman. I'll be okay with that. <laughs> no, I like I like Newman too, though. But one thing that stands out to me was he was such a great deep ball passer. Like I was looking at um, Pro Football Focus grades. Uh, he was actually second last year in passes in their grading system on passes over 20 yards behind just wow. Joe Burrow. Wow. But you kind of have to, yeah, you kind of have to look though because you, as you were saying, he played with Sage Surratt and Surratt is such a great contested catch guy down the field. So you kind of have to separate like how much of it is Sage Surratt, how much of it is Jamie Newman. Now he also did, he also did play with Scotty Washington, who is, you know, a very good collegiate receiver uh, for Wake Forest. So that was another guy. Um, so, so Jason wants me to, uh, I know you don't like comparing, but who is he similar to? So for me, like, like the floor of like what I think it is, like the worst comparison I could give him would be like a Jacoby Brissett. I like Jacoby Brissett when he was coming out. He's a, a solid backup quarterback for the league. Um, but my comparison to him would kind of be like a McNabb type. When McNabb came out, had a strong arm, could run, could throw. I know McNabb was the number two pick. But I'm, for me, comparing is basically – what I can envision him being. So that's kind of how I, how I see it. Uh, like I said, I could be, I could be totally wrong. And if I am, then, then I, w- then I am, if we're still doing this show in three to four years, we can come back and we can bring up this, this uh, video. And uh, I'll say I was wrong. Like I said, I, my worst take that I've had 
was a number of years ago. Remember Bishop Sankey from Washington, the running back from Washington? Yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was going to be one of the top running backs. I had him as wow. my top my top rated running back. I thought he was going to be, you know, a very, you know, a very a very good pick. I thought he was going to be, you know, an all star, a Pro Bowler, All Pro type of running back. I thought he could go into. I was a hundred percent wrong, and I'll take that. I was absolutely wrong on that. I, but I was it, all in. On, I was all in on Josh Rosen. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> just as bad, um, but. So any parting thoughts on, you know, talking about the senior bowl, anything, you know, last remarks you want to bring up um, and, you know, who, who hurt their draft stock? If anybody did. I'd say if anyone did probably um, Sage Surratt's brother, actually um, Chaz Surratt linebacker. Uh, he's a guy, I just didn't like how he came in with his measurements, uh, only 30 inch arms, which there's actually no linebacker in the league with arms that are as small as his. So I think that's going to hurt his stock a little bit. Also like the, I think Jabril Cox having a great week also is going to help with that decline a little bit in his stock. Yeah. And for me, like disappointment, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's going to drop or anything, but the whole Devonte Smith, not, you know, getting measured or weighed in. And a lot of people putting out there that he weighs around 164. So if he's like six foot six one, one sixty four, I understand. Sometimes size doesn't matter because you have smaller guys, and I see people trying to compare Steve Smith and you know Darren Sproles and all these smaller guys. But what you have to realize is Steve Smith was five nine, but he was one hundred eighty five pounds, one hundred ninety pounds. That's not small. He was still he was muscular built, thickly built, and I. I don't want to say that he's going to be a bust in the NFL because he could go on and have like Deshaun Jackson because Deshaun Jackson is 5'11", 175 when he came out. He was rail thin, but Deshaun Jackson also was a second-round pick because he had other, other things that was coming up. But the, the other thing is if you're drafting him third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you're drafting him top five, size, size can be a little bit concerning. But hopefully he adds some weight as pro day. He weighs in at, you know, 170 or 175 or something like that. Then um, may help a little bit. But I feel like a lot of scouts are going to take that. And it's going to, they're, they're going to put it as a negative, unfortunately. Even though he had this superb Heisman Trophy season, you know, excellent season. Uh, for me, it's just, it, it, it's, it's going to, it's going to be a concern, especially if he's that high. If he was a second round guy. I'd have no 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 problem with that. I, I would be like, I don't care. But top five pick, that's a little concerning. I know you and I spoke a little bit about it. Yeah. And he you gotta think like he's been at Alabama now for four years. He's had all this time to put that weight on. They're they're basically an NFL training staff there at, at Alabama. So if he hasn't done it yet, will he be able to do it at the next level? Yeah. And you know, it wraps up with the senior bolt. Um yeah. Uh, I'll put that up. That's, that's <laughs> that, that was why the smile came up. <laughs> yeah. Jason trying to be funny. Um, but before we wrap it up uh, next week, I'm uh, hoping to have uh, Chris come, uh, Chris Malley come back on. Uh, he's actually at the senior bowl. Uh, and I see like virtually able to get all the film, um, you know, in depth, getting interviews and everything. So we're going to get his breakdown on the practices, but also get breakdown on the game. Uh, so it's, uh, going to be good to have him on to be, you know, you know, 
back and forth, uh, get a little bit of feedback on the senior bowl. Cause see, like I said, the, the senior bowl right now is the biggest week for the draft because with no combine, just basically being all pro days, um, this is basically the, you know, quote unquote combine, um, of the draft season right now with, you know, free agency coming up and the draft then coming up too, and all these pro days, um, it's going to, it, it's going to be the senior bowl and what you did, the practices, and they're going to come up with that. So, um, like I said, we'll have that next week, but, uh, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and then we're going to do a mock draft back and forth between Tommy and I. So that's going to be a little fun, uh, ending last, last portion of the show. And I know Jason's excited. He, t- he uh, messaged me uh, earlier today asking if we were going to do a mock draft. So, um, you know, give the people what they want. I guess that's what you can say. But I'm going to give a quick uh, commercial. All right. And we're going to get this loaded up. So we're going to go pick by pick. Uh, give a little uh, short tidbit uh, about the player we're picking. Uh, Tommy. I'm going to give you the first pick. Uh, you're going to have that luxury of being the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think we've all known uh, for quite a while now, whoever has the first overall pick, uh, where we're going with uh, Trevor Lawrence here. Trevor Lawrence Clemson, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars get their franchise quarterback. Um, New York Jets on the clock, number two. Uh, this one's tough because we still don't know what the Jets are going to do in uh, free agency. But I'm going to throw a curveball here. And I'm going to go Penny Sewell. I had a feeling you were going to do that. <laughs> Why not? Why not make it fun? I'm going to throw, throw a little curveball in there uh, because it takes away from Miami going for the tackle and also the Bengals for a tackle. Now, we're not going to do any trades um, I don't think we should maybe p- p- propose any trades. Um, just kind of go off the list unless you wanted to, do you want to do some trades or nah, I'm good leaving trades out. All right. So Penny, so I did that because now you give your bookend tackles because I have a feeling, you know, this, this trade may, this pick may be traded, but that's just on me. So Miami dolphins at number three, which is Houston's pick, which Miami gets because of the Laramie Tunsil trade. Now, with this pick, I'm assuming that they keep Tua. They don't make a trade for Deshaun Watson. Uh, I go and I give Tua a little bit of help. I get him uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, I still like him as the best receiver over Devonta Smith. Uh, I think he'll fit in there well in Miami. So, you know, Jamar Chase gets that receiver. It's another throw. So this, this mock's going to get a little, uh, little funky here. Um, definitely after I make this pick, uh, Atlanta Falcons at number four, uh, they're going to go with, uh, you know what? Justin Fields. I'm going with, I know there's a lot of Zach Wilson love and everything. I'm going to go Justin Fields. Um, to me, Arthur Smith is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons in Tennessee. They ran with, you know, Ryan Tannehill and Tannehill could do a, couple of different things. He could run the ball. He could pass the ball. Justin Fields Fields can bring – I know Zach Wilson can too, but Fields is a bigger quarterback, same as like the Ryan Tannehill type. So I'm going to go Justin Fields here. I don't know how I feel about Fields. Just because of that Matt Ryan contract, that's going to be hard to move on from. But it's this is one of those spots where I think it would be better off for them to kind of trade down 
Yeah, and since we're not doing trades, I'm just yeah. going to go with – I'm going to throw the quarterback in there yeah. to just make this crazy. Uh, moving on to five, uh, right over here, I think there's either two options. You either go wide receiver or you go offensive tackle. Uh, with this pick, I'm going offensive tackle. He's climbing up the boards lately. Rashawn Slater. A lot of people are actually uh, – Daniel Jeremiah is coming out saying that he likes him more than Panay Sewell. A couple other guys saying the same thing. I go with Slater here with uh, the way he's rising. He's looked great last year against Chase Young. Uh, hasn't pl- Didn't play this year because of the opt-out, but he has a lot of potential there. So it brings us to number six. Philadelphia Eagles are selecting. Um, and, you know, you got a bunch of guys on on there. There's no trade. There's no trade downs. So I can't trade down and get more picks. Um, and... You know, Nick Sirianni is the head coach. Now we know who the head coach is. Now we know what somewhat of the philosophy that they want to run. We know who the defensive, defensive coordinator is. Um, for me, it's going to be – for me, I would trade down. But right now, what's on the board, what I what I want to see, I'm going to – again, I'm going to shake it up. Kyle Pitts, Florida. That, that one takes me by surprise a little bit. I was thinking Patrick Sertan there. So a, a lot of people see Kyle, Kyle Pitts and they see, oh, you're a tight end, a tight end. I understand cornerback situation, um, but Kyle Pitts isn't the prototypical tight end. He lines up everywhere. Um, he's almost like a, a big-bodied uh, receiver. And for me, you hired the offensive coordinator of Florida – so he knows Kyle Pitts. He's seen Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is a Philly kid. So I'm going. I'm going with Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Since we were touching on trades a little bit, the Eagles would be in an ideal spot here to trade down if the board oh, shakes up this way. With Detroit and Carolina coming up next, if you want a quarterback, this is a spot where you have to trade up to for sure. So yeah, I know. No, for me, Kyle Pitts. Like I said, we can't trade down. So if I could trade down. I would trade down and possibly draft Kyle Pitts. But like I said, I'm 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 throwing a wrinkle in here, shaking it all up. So Detroit Lions, Jason Sullivan's Detroit Lions. I always like to throw that in there for him. Um, they have a new coach, Dan Campbell, wants to bite kneecaps off. Um, they are making some really impressive coaching moves. I do give them that. Deuce is there now, assistant head coach, running backs coach. They brought in Dom Capers as a senior defensive assistant. Uh, John Dorsey in the personnel department. Um, so they are making some pretty impressive moves there. Where do you see them going with the number seven pick? Number seven, uh, the way the board this shakes up, I didn't think, yep, it has to be a quarterback here. If you're in the position to grab a guy and you think he's a franchise, you have to go for it. I'm going Zach Wilson over Trey Lance. Um, he's a little bit more polished. He has a few more years of experience, whereas Lance has a little bit more upside if he does pan out, but there's a way, way higher chance that Lance busts just because he only has one year of that FCS experience. But adding Wilson, he's a creative player. Uh, you get him outside of the pocket, uh, get him to be your franchise guy. It's going to take a little bit of building there on that offense, but grab yourself a free agent after you trade Stafford. Let him learn a little bit behind that behind that guy. There's a lot of guys out there this year. Exactly. And, uh, you know, with Detroit, they trade Stafford and they were able to get, they were able to um, get a first round selection for him. It's going to help them building this team for the future because they're in rebuilding mode. Um, 
Everybody knows that. Um, number eight, Carolina Panthers. Uh, they could go a number of ways here. Um, I'm not going to go the quarterback. I'm going Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. Uh, long corner, um, you know, helps them on the defensive side of the ball, um, getting them some secondary help. So I think Farley, I know Farley didn't play this year, but um, I got Carolina taking Caleb Farley. Uh, number number nine, I'm looking the same way you're looking. Um, I'm going uh, Patrick Sertan. I'm going going corner there. Uh, bit, one of the biggest needs for Denver, uh, Sertan, probably best uh, corner on. I like him a little bit more than Farley, to be honest. Uh, I feel like I got a steal there, nine. All right, so number 10, Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be unpopular for me because it's going to be hard to do this. But um, – I know Dallas is going to be losing a lot of secondary players, um, but with what's on the board, I think they're going to go um, best player available. And I'm going to, for me, I'm going to go Micah Parsons. I know he tweeted about going to the Cowboys, you know, stuff like that. But um, I know there's there's concerns, there's talk, and there's um, you know concerns about that. The thing with with Dallas is they have a ton of draft picks. Uh, they got a bunch of compensatory picks, uh, third, fourth, and a fifth, and I think they got a sixth as well. I think they got four, uh, but they have a bunch of picks, and I think they can get in the second round. They can get a corner, or in the third round, they can get a corner and a safety. So, I think they go best player available. And I don't know how long, you know, the injury history with Leighton Vanderesh and uh, Jalen Smith, you know, with his contract, what they do there. So. For me, they get the best player available in Parsons. Yeah, for me with Parsons, I'm I'm kind of out on him a little bit um, based on the rumors right now. Just, I don't want to put him out there too much, but I, I it's hard to say where his value really ends up at this point. Yeah, like I said, it, he's going to have to answer to him when the when the teams ask him and stuff yeah. like that. So there's there, there, there's going to be that. But now we now we bring it to your New York Giants, and now the board is wide open. Where do the Giants go? Uh, two guys here that I like a lot, actually. It makes it a little hard to pick, but uh, I have to go. Since the wide receiver class is so deep, I have to go Quiddy Pay here over Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I go with Pay. Um, just, there's a chance that they lose uh, Leonard Williams this year if they're not able to resign him. Uh, Waddle, he he doesn't fit the kind of need that we need a receiver. I mean, he gives you that dynamic playmaker, but he's not that true number one, like that bigger bodied player that they're really looking for, like a Jamar Chase. So but the I, other I go thing, with, I go with Pay. I'm adding to my strength on defense, and then in the second round, I go and I grab the best remaining wide receiver. But the thing, the thing with the Giants are. What are they going to do in free agency? There's a bunch of receivers out there. They could add a free yep. agent receiver, and then which makes free agent at number eleven or wide receiver at number eleven, um, you know, a a non need. But uh, uh, pay, you know, get that pass rush which they they need. Um, number twelve, San Francisco. So San, with with San Francisco, um, for me, like I, I know quarterback is a, a, a big thing here. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go J.C. Horn. 
Uh, I'm going to take the corner out of South Carolina. Richard Sherman is a, a free agent. Uh, he's on the older, the elder statesman. They've had a bunch of cornerback injuries. Uh, Akella Witherspoon is also a free agent. So the best corner on the board at this point, J.C. Horn, that's where I go. Yeah, I, I agree. I like Horn a lot. I, I was between the same two guys there, uh, which way I would go. But uh, moving on to the Chargers, this this pick's a little more difficult. I really want to give him an offensive tackle, but with Waddle, Waddle and Smith there, I mean, it's making it pretty difficult. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Devonta here. Okay. Just get to give Herbert another rep weapon. I didn't think that he'd be hanging around this long. Yeah, that would you know, would wouldn't that kind of you know be reminiscent of the CB CB Lamb? Fallen yeah. a little bit because of the yeah. needs above. Yeah, it's just it's interesting because of the the offensive tackle aspect on that team. But with, I I was I wanted Darius, but with uh, Smith there, I couldn't pass him. So now we go to the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, you know, looking at the board for them, and you know. What I'm going to say for them, maybe a little, you know, unpopular, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Gregory Rousseau. Now I know he's been sliding down the board, um, but, you know, with, you know, Minnesota, Daniel Hunter is there. I understand that he was hurt this year. Uh, They got Yannick. Then they got rid of Yannick. They still need pass rush, so they, they get the pass rush help. Um, I think safety is a little too high uh, at 14. Um, you could go corner, but then you're, you're trying to reach for the lower-level corners in the middle of the first, and I really don't think that's something you want to do. So I'm going to go the, the, the defensive pass rush. Yeah, I, I, I like that pick there. Uh, give someone a pair with Hunter. Uh, moving on to 15 with the Patriots, I was hoping that Kyle Pitts would be here for them. Uh, since he's not, there's two two ways you can really go here with uh, Waddle or Trey Lance if you believe in him as your, your franchise guy. Or it could be a case where uh, New England looks to add someone in free agency or even in trade this year. I, I honestly, I think they're they're going to trade or go free, the free agency route. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Waddle here out of Alabama. Uh, he gives them a th- dynamic offensive weapon. They they really ha- have no weapon at all on their offense. So I'm pairing him with uh, whoever they add, either through a trade. I think they could end up trading this pick for Stafford, to be honest. But uh, if they sign someone free agency, I give them a while. So next team is the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, this one's kind of tough. You start to get down. Um, and then there's so much on the board that these teams could go. I know there's you know, certain needs, but for me, I'm I'm gonna go Christian Barrymore uh, from Alabama. Um, you know, they get a defensive lineman. They struggled uh, last year uh, with injuries up front, but they they were going. And they were signing guys off the street to fill their defensive line. So you know, you get a stud here. Uh, Alabama product here. 
I think it's him. I think he could fit either or. Uh, three, four, four, three, doesn't matter what you play. Um, so I think it's a, a value pick for them because they're going to get Chandler Jones back. Uh, they're going to get their pass rush back. So that's, that's only going to help the interior of their defense. Yeah, I also would – I would I would think they would hope that J.C. Horn falls to them here. But since yeah. he's already gone, Barmore's not a bad pick at all. Uh, moving on to 17, a uh, player I like a lot for the Raiders, uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. He, he's a hybrid safety linebacker player all over the defense. He gives them a big playmaker on defense at a, at a weak spot for them. Yeah, and, you know, the, the funny thing was – uh, Mike Mayock, I don't know if you saw the interview, was talking about the defense and that there's nobody on the defense that the team that another team game plans for. Um, basically, they don't have any of those star studded, which was you know, pretty bold to say as a GM. And what he also said was that because they didn't draft, they haven't, you know, their drafts haven't been the best in terms of the talent. Like, you know, getting they they need defensive you know, playmakers. We saw last year, they struggled down the stretch because of their defense. They would have won some games if it wasn't for their defense. So that's a, to me, that's a super value pick because he's a Swiss army knife. He can do a whole bunch of things uh, for that team. Um, number 18, Miami, um, their first round pick. Uh, you went, cause you, you picked them first. Who'd you scroll up a little bit? Who'd you pick? I'm not keeping track on a notebook or anything. Yeah, number three, we had Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase. So you did go over receiver with that. So yeah. for me, I'm going Darishaw. I'm going the offensive tackle. Uh, the best offensive lineman on the board right here, um, you know, gives them another. I know they drafted a young offensive tackle um, last year, but you know, he's just too – he's too athletic. He's just – for them, it fits a need what they can do and what they need to do. So – um, you need to protect Tua. That's the that's the one thing. Um, but I'm going to go Christian Darishaw, Virginia Tech, number 18. Uh, number 19, moving on to Washington. Uh, right here, I, I'm going to shake things up a little bit. I'm going uh, wide receiver for them, uh, Kadarius Toney. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I I don't believe that there's any quarterback here that I'd – I'm I'm not a big fan of Mac Jones or Kyle Trask to take them in the first round. I go with a wide receiver. Uh, if, that way, if you do add someone in free agency or you draft someone next year with Terry McLaurin and a playmaker like uh, Tony and then Gibson in the backfield, that offense is looking real good, and you have a strong defense there already. So now we go with the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't. I want to go quarterback. I, I, I was thinking too. And you know what? I'm going to go quarterback. Trey Lance, North Dakota State. I'm going to do it. Um, they still have Nick Foles there. So if they draft a guy like Trey Lance, the, the, the tough part is, do you want to rely on Nick Foles? Because your head coach is kind of in hot, you know, on the hot seat. Uh, same with the GM, Ryan Pace. Uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are both on the hot seat. To go throw out, uh, to get... A starting quarterback that's more of a de- developmental quarterback is a little bit tough, but you know the talent's there. Um, I'm going Trey Lance. Yeah, I think that's a decent pick, um, especially with the Colts up next with a chance that they might be looking for a quarterback also. So where do you go with the Colts? 
with the Colts, I mean, you can go either wide receiver here. Uh, let me take a look at my the board here a little bit. If I'm – there's not really that many offensive tackles that I like this early. I like – I'm going to go with Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, he's he's a versatile guy. Anthony Costanzo just retired on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can step in and be your left tackle. If you don't if you don't trust putting him at tackle right away, he has experience at guard where you can kind of ease him into the position even if you want to. Um, again, so there's no quarterback here that I really like enough. So get the offensive tackle, uh, protect your, your future guy. Tennessee Titans are next. Um, for me, it's no-brainer. Uh, Aziz Ojolari, uh, edge rusher out of Georgia, um, gives more um, you know, punch to that defense. Uh, the, the Tennessee defense is very talented, um, but it gives an extra, uh, extra rusher, uh, which they need. Um, to that defense. And, you know, Ojolari is one that is rising up the board. So, um, number 22, Tennessee Titans, Aziz Ojolari. All right. 23, the Jets. So Penny Sewell was the, was the first, the number two, I threw that. So where do the Jets go with this selection? With this selection, let's see wide receivers. No quarterback, no Mac Jones, Kyle Trask. No, 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 I can't do that. I'm, I'm going to throw, throw an even bigger wrench in here i'm going with Najee harris Ooh, interesting so okay there's not really a receiver here that i want to take yet you can go rondell Moore; that gives him a playmaker but Najee harris is just a monster and he's going to take pressure off of sam darnold if we're moving on with him uh he he's shown that he can be a powerful back he's shown that he can be a receiver he's the full package you got your your strong offensive line with sewell and um, oh, what's his name? The guy from Louisville today, Makai Makai Becton. Becton. So you have that strong, powerful offensive line. You get a strong, powerful runner. You you transform that offense. Uh, even if Darnold doesn't work out, you've got a great a great setup for the next guy coming in. Yeah, and the tough part is, look, you took Najee Harris, and number twenty four is the Pittsburgh Steelers, who most likely will be looking for a running back because James Connors yeah. a free agent, you know, they had, you know, Jalen Samuels and, you know, Anthony, Anthony McFarland, you know, those aren't starting, you know, Benny Snell. So they need a running back and you take Najee Harris in front of them. So right there, that hurts them a little bit. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different here. And I'm going to go Mac Jones. So almost like the almost like the the the, the Jordan Love. Um, now it may be a little bit too early to pick him, but Ben Roethlisberger is, you know, thirty eight. How much time does he have left? Mac Jones has looked really good at the Senior Bowl. He has weapons, has receivers on that team. So I'm going to go Mac Jones there. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, you bring him in to learn the system a little bit. Uh, drafting him in the first, you get that fifth-year option also. Uh, going to 25, Jacksonville. Uh, earlier in the draft, we took Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so now, I mean, I would really like to get him a weapon. Uh, I'm going to go wide receiver. I'm adding in uh, Rondell Moore here. Ooh. Which might, might be a little bit of a reach. I think most guys kind of have him more as a second-rounder right at this point but I don't really see anyone else adding that same kind of value. He he's a verse. He's a versatile playmaker. He, he just gives them another weapon on that offense. 
Exactly. Um, now we go to the Cleveland Browns. Um, the thing is, the Browns, the board's kind of wide open for the Browns. And, you know, you look, they do have needs. Uh, defense is a pretty big need for them. Um, and what, what corners are available? Corners. The corners. All right, no one I, I like there. Um, so go over to uh, – you know what? Go over to uh, best available. Just go to all because I have a, a guy I think I'm going to – I'm going to throw, throw one out here. Um, I'm going to go Zayvon Collins, Tulsa. Um, the reason I do that, you know, he's a versatile player. He, can, he plays all over. He does, you know, a bunch of um, – you know, different responsibilities in the defense. So I feel like for Cleveland, they're just getting a, you know, best player available on the defensive side of kind of what they need. Um, I think so, linebacker help. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm throwing some of these names out um, because the draft is never, pre- never that predictable, especially when you get late in here. Anything can happen. You see names coming up that, um, you scratch your head and think, oh, that guy wasn't uh, a first, second round. I'll give you two Eagles examples. One was back in 1997, the Eagles drafted John Harris, who a lot of people thought was a third, fourth round pick. They drafted him in the first round at number 25. And then they drafted in 2014, they drafted uh, Marcus Smith. A lot, a lot of people thought was a second round pick that they just, you know, they drafted him. So things like that happen. People don't think, you know, guys get picked. So that's why I'm going, going a little out of the box here. Um, so now you have 27, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, did you see what Orlando Brown tweeted that he is a left tackle? That's what he tweeted. Um, they just paid Ronnie Stanley big money. And Orlando Brown played right tackle, so that's a little interesting. I'll throw that little tidbit out there. Not saying they drafted offensive tackle, but just throwing that out there for you. All right, I'm gonna pause for one second. Uh, one of our viewers here wanted to scroll, scroll, scroll to one and go back down. So I'm just gonna go go through the draft board again real quick. That way, I can kind of see see where. Uh, just a little recap of where uh, we've picked so far. Just in case anyone uh, missed out on any of the earlier picks. And then when we're finished, we'll recap. Um, okay. We'll go through each, each each one of the picks that we made. Um, uh, so now you have the Baltimore Ravens at 27. With the 27th pick, uh, I'm looking more for a pass rusher here for Baltimore. Uh, there's two guys I kind of like here. Uh, Jason Owa out of Penn State. Uh, physical freak. He doesn't really have the same that production that you'd see out of a first rounder, but the traits with him. The speed and athleticism. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jalen Phillips though, out of Miami. Uh, he was a former five-star recruit. Uh, was injured most of his time at UCLA. Transferred to Miami this year and has had a fantastic season. Uh, I feel pretty good getting him here. And you know, it's a good value because you don't know with them. You know, Judon's a free agent, and you know they may lose some pass rush help. So, um, you know. Got to try to repeat. Yeah, yeah, they always have that, that strong defense. 
Yeah, exactly. It's a different style of defense. Um, yep. But number 28, the New Orleans Saints um, could go a whole bunch of ways here. Uh, Drew Brees is retired. Uh, they have Taysom Hill. Uh, I think my opinion is they bring back Jameis Winston, and it'll be Winston and Hill. Uh, this is what I think. So what I would do here, where, where I would go here, is I'm going to go wide receiver Rashad Bateman. So I'm going this way. I know they have Michael Thomas, Manuel Sanders. Otherwise, they don't have a lot. I know they have some guys who've showed out and you know, played pretty well, but Rashad Bateman uh, was garnered as one of the top receiver prospects early uh, in, in the 2019 season. Um, you know, fell off a tiny bit, uh, wind up playing a couple games, opted out. Uh, but I feel like he's a value for New Orleans, and they get, you know, another big receiver to pair with uh, Michael Thomas. Yeah, that was actually going to be my pick for Green Bay. So I'm uh, looking do around they, a little bit here. <laughs> do they go quarterback again? You know, I mean, they could. I mean, Rodgers is pretty angry. <laughs> That's interesting. It's an interesting tidbit to uh, bring up is, you know, talking about that Aaron Rodgers and, um, it's just, it's another thing we'll watch the offseason. Like, you know, we stated the quarterback, you know, conundrum all over the league. You're going to have a lot of quarterbacks changing places, and it could be unprecedented. So I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere, but where do you see them going with this selection? Yeah, I was going to say, even if, even if I don't think Rodgers will go anywhere, but if he does, you have to stick with love. I mean, just to give the kid a shot and see if he does does have anything. Uh, take a look at the wide receivers real quick. See if there's anyone other than Baton. I think it's a little early for the receivers than you're yeah. looking. Yeah, you know, because then because sure. if, you, if you also think about it, you know, cornerback position, Kevin King's a free agent. And who knows if they even want him back after that dismal performance in the NFC Championship game? Um, you know, defensive tackle. They always need run stuff, run stuffing players because they can't stop the run. Uh, linebacker, you know, there's some needs they, they have there, but I think defensive attack corner pot, maybe with what's on the board, basically it's left. Yeah. I mean, there's not much that I really like here that, that much. I'll, I'll probably just take a corner, uh, Tyson Campbell. I'll go with. Yeah. And it gives them someone to pair with Jair Alexander. Yeah. So. The Bills Mafia is on the clock. Number 30, uh, the Buffalo Bills. And um, kind of where they could go here. I'm going to go go to the edge rushers. There's a guy on there I like, but I'm not sure if I want to. You know what? I'm going to go Jason Oa uh, from Penn State. Uh, you know, a very high ceiling. Uh, a little bit of a raw player, but has all the measurements, has all the tools, has the speed, you know, playing at Penn State. He played early, so he got a lot of seasoning uh, playing with them. So I'm going to go with with them, uh, Jason Owa, to the uh, Buffalo Bills. So now we have – now this, of course, can flip-flop because of the Super Bowl, but right now it's Tampa Bay at number 31. Tampa Bay, I'm looking at uh, interior defensive tackles. Uh, we actually didn't touch on him, but he – he, he's had a great week at the Senior Bowl, actually, and has helped his stock a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in the first round. Levi 
Onu Zurike. Uh, I I think he's a good de- interior defensive tackle. Uh, I think Tampa Bay is going to be in the market for one, not knowing if uh, the Dom Kung Su is going to return next season. So I add him here. Yeah, and you know gives that depth to the interior line because when they lost um, Vita Vey, he's they they were hurting in the middle of that defense. So especially if Dominican Sue leaves to pair him with Vey, it's you know, it's a good uh, a good pair on that defense. Yeah, a strong they, defense. Yeah, they they've been all about that strong run defense from the start. Uh, you got to make sure you maintain it. So with the last pick of the first round, the last pick of our mock draft here, uh, our mock drafts, our mock draft simulation, the Kansas City Chiefs are on the clock, and they could go a couple of ways here. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go go to the offensive lineman, uh, offensive, go to the offensive tackles, like some guys. I go to the guards. All right, I'm going to go with Wyatt Davis from Ohio State, offensive guard. Um, and the reason that I go Wyatt Davis is the interior line. They've had some line issues. Um, they had some opt-outs. Um, my thing is they get the strong. I know offensive tackle. Um, I was thinking about going offensive tackle because Eric Fisher, Achilles injury. Um you know what? I'm gonna do that. Alex Leatherwood. We're you can't go back. Say, no, I gotta, I gotta go back. The card was turned in. <laughs> well, this is a fake mock. It's a simulation. But no, you know, stick with Davis. You know, they need interior offensive linemen. Um, Andy Reid's always good at getting, you know, building in the trenches. I know that from uh, his time with Philadelphia, and so. You know, White Davis fills the need there, offensive, you know, offensive line. Um, you always want to get deep there because injuries happen. Because come the Super Bowl, they're gonna be down four starting offensive linemen that they would have started with the season. So that's huge, especially when you're playing on a defensive line, you know, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Wyatt Davis rounds it out. Uh, we're gonna break, we're gonna round it out by saying each each one of the picks that we made. Um if you want to do the first 16, I'll do the last 16. We can do that. Just right, that, that way. Yeah. Uh, first with the Jaguars, we went Trevor Lawrence. Number two, uh, offensive tackle for the Jets, Panay Sewell. Three, the Dolphins took wide receiver Jamar Chase at LSU. Four, Falcons took Justin Fields. Five, the Bengals with Rashawn Slater. Six, your Philadelphia Eagles went with Kyle Pitts, a tight end out of Florida. Seven, the Lions went with Zach Wilson. Eight, Panthers, Caleb Farley. Uh, nine, the Broncos, Patrick Sertan. Ten, the Cowboys, Michael Parsons. Eleven, uh, Giants went with Quiddy Pay. Twelve, J.C. Horn to the 49ers. Devonta Smith to the Chargers at 13. Fourteen, we went with uh, the Vikings, Gregory Rousseau. Fifteen, the Patriots added Jalen Waddell. And at 16, Cardinals added Christian Barmore. And then number 17, the Las Vegas Raiders added JOK. That's all I'm going to say it. I'm not going to flub it because I can see, but I can't see it totally. Um, Yeah, it's a little small on my screen. But number 18, the Miami Dolphins went Christian Derisaw out of Virginia Tech offensive tackle. 19, Washington football team went receiver out of Florida, Kadarius Toney. 
Uh, number 20, the Chicago Bears went Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. Number 21, the Indianapolis Colts went Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive tackle, USC. Number 22, the Tennessee Titans went Aziz Ozolari, edge rusher, University of Georgia. Number 23, the New York Jets select selected running back Najee Harris out of Alabama. Number 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers selected Mac Jones, quarterback out of Alabama. Number, number 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars selected Rondell Moore, wide receiver, Purdue. Number 26, the Cleveland Browns selected Xavier Collins, linebacker, Tulsa. Number 27, the Baltimore Ravens selected edge rusher Jalen Phillips out of the University of Miami. Number 28, New Orleans Saints, wide receiver Rashad Bateman, Minnesota. Number 29, Green Bay Packers selected Tyson Campbell, corner Georgia. Number 30, Buffalo Bills, defensive end Jason Oa, Penn State. Number 31, uh, Tampa Bay selected Levi. See, I'm going real close because I can't see. That's a hard Levi. one to pronounce. <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't even see it to pronounce it. Um, I pronounced it like right once or twice, and then I forgot how to pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, defense tackle out of Washington. My apologies for butchering the name. Uh, coming from a person who gets their name butchered all the time, I do apologize. Uh, 32. Kansas uh, City Chiefs finish it out with offensive guard at Ohio State, Wyatt Davis. So, the fun little mock draft, after talking a little bit about the Senior Bowl. Um, so, we'll get to doing some Eagles mock drafts in the coming weeks. Uh, we'll even do a Giants mock draft as well for Tom. Um, maybe we'll have uh, Jason on, let him do a, a Detroit mock draft. Um, but it was fun, uh, something thrown out there, something we could do. Um, but got the senior bowl come this week. I'm excited to watch um, and have Chris on next week. But I want to thank everyone for tuning in, everyone for commenting. Uh, we appreciate the support. Once again, we are powered by at Last Out Media, at Athletes Hub, and at Heat Ratio Sports. We want to thank all of them um, for – you know, supporting us and everything. Uh, you can follow Tommy at T Barnett 91. You can follow myself at Johnny U nine, three, two, two. But I say, I just want to say thanks to everyone. And just going to play um, some information on the shows coming up uh, this week. The last tidbit I will say is come starting February, starting next week, we are switching to Saturday nights. So make sure you tune in on Saturday nights. Uh, Tom and I will be doing the draft show, uh, changing it up here. Um, so just make sure you tune in. Um, and thanks for joining. <laughs>